All right, so welcome back, Dumpster Pizza Partiers, to Dumpster Pizza Party. This is episode number four. I am joined by my special guest, Adam Levin. Yes. And we are at the Dollar Art House. Tonight's the launch party for Red Wedge issue three. But yeah, so I'm going to talk about um, Adam has a podcast called Dome Talk. Dome Talk, yes. And so gonna going to talk about that today. So how did... Uh, so describe to the listeners, like, what is Dome Talk and how did you get started with it? Dome Talk is the best uh, podcast online that has a Marxist interpretation of domes and pagodas. Uh, it's really kind of an underutilized aspect of, of, of Marxist analysis, I think. Um, and, you know, we go deep into cultural roots of domes and of... Look, I, I'm just going to stop. It's a joke. <laughs> um, so we started uh, in 2012. In uh, in I was with the uh, uh, DSA at my college, um, uh, College of Worcester in Northern Ohio. I would have been a junior, and I don't remember the how we started talking about this. But my friend Jacob and I uh, were tabling, uh, and I was never a particularly good tabler. I tended to just talk to my friend at the table rather than, uh-huh. than doing actual organizing. Um, and so yeah. We ended up talking about domes, and uh, we, I think it was initially like a stupid idea for a TV show, but then we realized uh, podcasts don't cost a whole lot to make True. Uh, if you don't have good audio quality, which we do not. Um, and yeah, here we are. Um, I think we, we all started listening to, to Chapo and to stuff like that within the last couple of years and um, kind of were inspired to take some of the weird Twitter-esque humor uh, in in that direction. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with the like, yeah, I guess where where does the the dome like <laughs> uh, come? Like, how did you come to that? Like, you're just I, like in that 2012 thing. I honestly do not remember. Okay. Because like, <laughs> I I was thinking when I first saw the title, I was thinking like dome, like off the dome, like just kind of just like talking yeah. off the dome. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the like whole sex thing, which we did not intend either. Um, What's the wait? What's the sex thing? Oh, like like dome is like a um, like a euphemism for oral. Oh, duh! Yeah, because yeah, like, like head. Get, getting some yeah dome, yeah right? getting some yeah. dome or like uh, yeah. There's so many great uh, rap word plays with that. There's a lot like, of good stuff. Yeah, like if you knowledge do- going to college. <laughs> like <laughs> if, if you go and search like uh, dome talk, I think the first hit is a young thug song called Dome. Um, okay. But after that, I think we're basically, the if next, you look on SoundCloud, time. yeah, SoundCloud yeah. Dumb Talk will be there. Um, audio quality, we're still working on it. Like, yeah. Uh, when you said that this qualifies as DIY, uh, I think it definitely does. Because yeah. None of us had any podcasting experience or audio experience. Uh, but we're, we're doing our best with it, and it's, it's improved radically. Like, episode four, which uh, just came out, is, is twice as good as episode zero which is moving on yeah i was i actually i started listening to episode zero and i like the the kind of intro with the um where you were like like the where, where are you at today like what's your your highest and your lowest like oh yeah going, going yeah. with all the different the other hosts um oh yeah that that one i, I fucked up because i didn't prepare one for myself so i just started talking about pyre yeah so where do you where do you kind of see the the podcast going um well, we're starting to have uh, friends on who are actually knowledgeable about things. Uh, uh-huh. One, our first interview was last week. Uh, my friend Maddie Oberman uh, traveled to Chicago for the DSA convention and talked about kind of the different viewpoints there. Um, it's extremely, you know, contentious as any socialist group is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. Um, so, like, we're, we're basically kind of starting with our friends who are knowledgeable about things. So, for instance, we, we do a lot of talk about international politics. Okay. And so, like, our guest this week is my friend Stephanie, who is a, um, working on her master's in journalism in uh, IR. And she recently traveled to the Balkans, which she did her independent study on, her undergrad thesis. Uh, and we're going to talk about the Balkans and, and rising tensions between Serbs and, and Croats and and uh, Kosovars and, yeah. and so forth. So yeah, so uh, that's it. We're we're looking at making, uh, you know, have guests that actually know what they're talking about. So we'll do like 
you know, random shit uh, and, and humor bits, but then actually have an interview that's yeah. interesting. So. Yeah, get into, like, some deep uh, yeah. political stuff. Mm-hmm. DSA is really, like, blowing up. Yeah, lately. yeah. Like they, what do they go from, like... What what are they at member wise now? It's about twenty five k. No, no, yeah. it's between twenty five and thirty k. Twenty five to thirty k, and it went from what like probably like a thousand like probably last year or something. Members, yeah, just and like do you think it's like mostly? I mean, well, the like the word socialism has come back into the vernacular. It's no longer like the S word. Yes, and yeah. which is great because and people are like with the internet learning what it actually means and being mm-hmm. like, yeah, we want that. Right. And and also just there's a lot of you know pissed off Bernie supporters too, justifiably um, and looking for something more radical. I know like like Wes for instance was uh, from our, our friend Wes from Socialist Alternative. Like just like last year he was like you know kind of like a Democrat but a Bernie supporter. And seeing the DNC and seeing how Bernie was treated and Bernie supporters were treated. Uh, by the convention and just like pushed around by police like it radicalized him and he, now he's like one of the most radical people I know like he's organizing every event he's like he's really really involved and it's like it's really inspiring he's a very talented organizer for yeah sure. and, and my ideological development has been uh, not not similar in that I was always a socialist it was just my interactions with SA um, kind of gave me pause about whether or not the Democratic Party could be turned uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I still don't have a yes or no definitive answer to that. But I will say that most people in DSA, most of the younger DSA folks that I talk to think that the Democratic Party is, in, is irredeemable. Yeah. Um, and so I understand that kind of from the DSA's left, from the Marx-Leninists and, and so forth, there's sometimes a belief that, that you know, DSA is like a sellout group. And like I understand that because they are social democrats. I yeah. don't think they're they're not you know Leninists. They're not necessarily for workers' control or any of that sort of thing. Um, but I, I would like to see close work between the kind of the two factions, the sort of social democratic and the sort of revolutionary faction, because I think there's a, we have a lot more in common than we have definitely. To separate us. And it's like a lot of stuff too. It's like for me, it's thinking practically mm-hmm. too of like not not mm-hmm. the, the liberal sense of like oh you got to go democrat for it's practical but in the sense of like where certain leftist marxists are like not willing to work with democratic socialists or like the anarchist perspective like not willing to work with like uh politicians or campaigns at all we're like we got to think practically of like right now we need a united front again because we're dealing with like you know the rise of fascism yeah. and like smashing that um, but the, the question is, though, with that, is how much do we include liberals in that? Because see, they're gonna, and that's the thing is, they're, they're yeah, they're gonna sell the us down question. the river, right? Uh, but like, as they uh, inevitably and, do, yeah. Like, and it's like including including the ones who are willing to fight it, and then the ones who are like giving them space for free speech. Like you can, they can go join the police and give them, you know, pr- they're gonna end up protecting them, and it's like. Well, That's one, fine, one <laughs> but things, like you're in the way. I don't know if you'd, you'd, if we were planning on talking about this later, but one of the things that I read uh, recently was um, that I'm working on a, a review of is China Miéville's book October. Uh-huh. It was about the first like six months or so of the or like the Russian Revolution. Russian right? Revolution, yeah. And one of the things that he points out is that the. Um, I guess going into it, I was kind of suspicious because the way I had seen it was that um, the, the second revolution, that of October, you know, February overthrew the czar and uh-huh. October overthrew the provisional government. Yeah. I, going into that kind of saw Lenin and the Bolsheviks as this kind of very opportunistic small group of people who, you know, saw their chance to seize power. And that was true to an extent, but the, the provisional government was essentially a liberal government. Yeah. Which is, you know, you know, they made tremendous strides. You know, they established universal suffrage in like a month. Um, yeah. But they were incapable of feeding everyone and they were incapable of uh, ending the war and any number of popular programs. Um, yeah. The, the, the long, sort of a long metaphor, I apologize. But what I'm getting to is that liberals will oftentimes uh, make their peace with reaction rather than yeah. ally yeah. with the left. Not always, 
but they will it is something to watch out for definitely yeah because yeah. it's yeah and I, I do think like going back to the democratic socialist like I don't know if you if you're not willing to people who are not willing to like work with political campaigns at all mm-hmm. because of like their moralism against it like then you don't have things like fucking like Jeremy Corbyn doing right. as well as he did and he's not necessarily like a uh, you know like the Marxist beyond all Marxists right, like right. he's Jeremy still a Corbyn. democratic socialist but he's better than any democratic socialist in the US and like uh, getting as far as they did like is incredible and one thing that we should probably recognize is that for our, our economic program not necessarily for uh, for other things like yeah. reparations or the environment yes. but for our economic program it's immensely popular single yeah. payer yeah. and oh, universal yeah. education and things like that like yeah, the majority was, of the population is with us. On yeah, that. it was so funny the Tories like leaking the Labour manifesto, <laughs> trying seeing how like it was gonna like trying to like fuck up the party in the campaign, and it just completely turned like you, you know he went up went up in the polls like we were like yeah this is what we want, and then the Tories <laughs> turn out and put out the Tory manifesto, which is oh, like I didn't hear about this. One. Yeah, and the Tory manifesto like was like even had stuff about like not paying for your grandparents with dementia and stuff like we should <laughs> cut funding to them because they're leeches oh on, on the good hard-working taxpayers and it's like how how out of touch can oh you be God. oh jesus i honestly like this this might I've, I've never gotten any hate mail but i'm like i'm so sick of uh people comparing our political situation to harry potter oh it's really fucking obnoxious. because it's yeah. like if you look at jk rowling's politics like she's a fucking tory yeah and or, like, well, went I mean, against she, she, yeah went against corbin like is is basically like giving a platform for fascists too of like we like protecting free speech and everything it's like how can you write like these novels that like voldemort is clearly like a metaphor for nazism yeah and then when nazis are on the actual street you're like we need to listen to both sides right and one of the things that they do you know kind of the 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 cliche libs do point out that is interesting about harry potter is that like the death eaters are normal people they're just like government you know functionaries and whatever and that's important but that's the only fucking parallel yes (laughs) right like the so like like yeah so jk rowling if i if i remember correctly in the 20 was it earlier this year or or late last year the like the snap election in britain it was regardless yeah or the recent one she she describes herself as a labor party member but she had people vote for the liberal democrats rather than the labor party yeah which was basically throwing various constituencies into the hands of the Tories. Yeah, like, and I could be wrong about this, but didn't she like? Uh, didn't she endorse Theresa May? Or I don't know. I could be off. I, 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 I should I just, not. I should specify. I don't know. Yeah. So don't tell me. Don't send me an email that I don't know because I know I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just don't know one way or another. But yeah, yeah. but I, I I knew she was like was of the opinion that kind of the Blairite opinion yes. that like that Corbin is like taking labor in the wrong direction he's too radical mm-hmm. but like I mean it's even worse in the states where you have like Obama being like Bernie's too radical and it's like really Bernie's not that ra-? like Bernie's like not that radical we, we like, should like we should know better because like the the programs that the that folks like Corbin and Sanders are arguing for are things that helped bring about the biggest economic boom in human history uh-huh. And, like, that that doesn't mean that the U.S. and Britain during those times were fundamentally just societies. They weren't. But if we're looking for a recipe for for better standard of living for everyone and, and a guarantee of democracy, like, yeah. then we need to pursue a, a social democratic program and eventually a, a socialist program. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's me. I don't necessarily have a whole lot of hate for the social democrats uh, uh-huh. or for for folks like SA who I think are just tremendous love yeah. SA the, the best yeah um, honestly that's cuz I I like I was interested in, in radical politics uh, even going back to high school like I could tell you know you work your first job and you can tell capitalism's fucked up like <laughs> if you've ever worked a job washing dishes you know capitalism's fucked up it, it should be super obvious yeah yeah it's all around you and it's uh but like I didn't, I didn't have the language, or you know, I didn't get into like theory and stuff until college. Yeah. And I definitely was like an anarchist for a number of years. But like, switched to 
you know, studying Marxism and becoming a socialist, just of like practicality of like, if you're going to be, I'm probably going to piss off a lot of anarchists, which I have a lot of friends who are anarchists, but that, that's fine. But like, if you're going to be like the practicality of like, like I'm not going to work with any of these things, which like socialist alternative in Seattle got $15 minimum wage passed. Like that is a practical effect that like actually helps workers here in the now. And, and it, I know a lot of anarchists, they want to like this kind of just communal living. Everybody washes the dishes. We live on a farm and call me spoiled, but I don't want that. Like we have like technological society. Like I, you know, I don't know. I, I enjoy the internet. Like we, I enjoy we want, we want Star Trek. We don't want Fight Club. That's exact. Yes. Yes. I, and I don't want like, I don't know. Like we need to do something definitely for the environment, but like, I do not have a green thumb and it's yeah. like, I don't want to be working in the field. No, no. And, and there's no reason we should be. Like, yeah. Other than for purely ideological, like, oh, get close to the earth. Like, yeah. Yeah. And there's people who are, like, into that, where there's, like, if there's a, a, a division of labor that's more voluntary than, like, because obviously we're, we're against the, the capitalist division of labor, but it's, like, there are people who are better suited to, like, be gardeners and do permaculture and stuff than I am, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And I don't, don't begrudge any of the folks who go found a commune and, and do oh, sustainable yeah. agriculture. That's great. I just don't think it, it's sort of inward looking. Yeah, me, I think. Yeah. And, and our goal is to change the country and the world system yes. in, in such yes. a fundamental way that um, people are no longer atomized, yeah. and no longer oppressed. So. And I don't see the state as such a metaphysical thing that, like, if there's a state involved, it's, like, instantly evil. Like, I think a workers' democracy can exist. I agree. And, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and, like, one of the things that I was annoyed with Mieville about in the October thing is he essentially ends it before anything gets bad. Oh, <laughs> like really? He ends it, like, right as Lenin and the Bolsheviks take power in October yeah. and have this shining triumphant moment. And then his afterword is about, like, kind of their their legacy and this... Is he just, like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. He, I wonder if it's a perspective of, like, he wants something optimistic yeah, that's <laughs> like, almost certainly what it is because we're coming up on the centennial and he thinks it's very important to um, you know have have the vision the revolutionary idea of socialism out to people yeah I think and to that, actually oh sorry uh, but basically what what it seems like and I'm not all the way through I haven't read it uh, I haven't read the entire thing yet but what it seems like he's saying is um, it was all good until Stalin showed up which is not quite true either. Like, uh -huh. we should talk about, like, what I would like to see. It, I don't think this will happen, but I'd love to see a China Mieville sequel that is 1918 through 1930 and talk about yeah. the ups and downs of working through socialism. Yeah. And, you know, how it succeeded, how it failed. Because yeah. it succeeded in a number of ways. Yeah. Yeah. You look at, like, the, yeah, it's, there, have you read, um, uh, I'm blanking on the name, Black Shirts and Reds? No. It's uh, Michael Parenti, mm -hmm. uh, but he basically, he talks about, like, he analyzes, like, fascism. He's basically taking the argument of people who are, like, uh, like, social, like, communism and fascism are the same thing. Yeah, the and horseshoe. And, yeah, the horseshoe, and he's, going, he's, like, materially analyzing, like, like, obviously there is so many problems with, like, Stalinism and gulags, but then he also talks about the things that aren't mentioned, whereas, like, there is affordable housing, and even, like, these like grand ministers like you look at like their material conditions like they're living in an apartment like it's not like <laughs> yeah i mean that as you know stalinist bureaucracy ossified that became less and less true yeah but, uh, but you look that that period is something that i'm very interested in and, and if anyone any listeners have any suggestions i'd love to hear it the kind of period 1918 through 1930 yeah um where some of these ideas were tested uh, some historians call it like the golden age of the russian peasantry like huh. sh like standard of living just shot up yeah and yeah. like in a way that even you know your vulgar uh capitalists can easily see like yeah people were fed they ended the famine that the czars could not yeah and and, and the provisional government at least within it's, you know, eight-month existence did not either. Yeah. So, um, if you, I mean, either way, it's, it's, if you look at it from the sort of social democratic perspective, you, you see that, you, you would say that if you don't provide for people, then they will turn to people like Lenin. 
you look at uh-huh. it from the Leninist perspective and you say, um, you know, force the social democrats to provide for people or we'll just take over and do it ourselves. Yeah, because that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I, I, I hate to go back and forth with this, but I'm, I'm a little bit kind of on the fence between yeah. social, social democracy and socialism. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to get purged so quickly when the revolution comes, guys. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I love having these discussions. Essay has been fucking great. I, I would not speak a damn word against essay. Yeah. They're great. And and most of the socialist groups that I've encountered, you know, we, we have our we have our problems, but I think the possibility for a united front is a possibility. Like we yeah. can do it. And the the the, the geez, I'm all, all over the place, I apologize. But um, the the Overton window has widened considerably. Right. Mm-hmm. So Trump is now acceptable, but also socialism is now acceptable. Yeah. And if we use that window, produce a strong leftist movement, then we have a, a possibility of fundamentally changing the country and the world. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Hopefully, we've got a, we've got a few more years before yeah. it all goes to shit. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, before it's a, I, I was talking to Adam Terrell about it, and he he likes to bring up it's like we have like thirty years, roughly, materially speaking, for like socialism to be like a material option yes because that like with the the ecosystem collapsing you know like something's got to happen there may not be enough food you know for everyone in the future but if we start now if we were to implement socialist principles we could create an economy and a society that could produce enough food for everyone yeah like there's no reason poverty should not exist no we have the material wealth to destroy it and we should yeah that's I need to read the the, the new Mieville. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a huge fucking fan of his. his yeah, his novels are so good. Yeah, he's it's, great. If uh, yeah, he, it's like this weird mashup of kind of Marxism and and I guess Lovecraft, but not racist. Yeah, um, yeah, but that like gothic science fiction. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of that. Yeah, it's he. Yeah, he's really probably one of the most creative uh, artists of, of our generation, in my opinion. Yeah. Have you read anything from uh, Salvage? No. That's, he's the, what is he, the, yeah, he's one of the editors on it. It's like a, like a Marxist journal. Oh, okay. It's really good though, like, uh, Red Wedge, uh, we've, we've done, like, stuff, like, with them before. Um, well, ad trades. So. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> like, ad trades. Oh, we've done ad trades. Oh, okay. Well, uh, shout so we out know to each Salvage. Other. Yeah, shout out yeah. to Salvage. <laughs> um... But yeah, so what else you got going on? Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in the beginning stages of kind of trying to become a writer. Um, nice. In that I've written, you know, dozens of op-eds and stuff, but I'm trying to, uh, you know, look for more high-profile left-wing journals and even center-left journals to, to work for. I'm, I'm interested in a career in journalism uh-huh. uh, and writing, so... Uh, these last couple of years I've written for a, a liberal blog called The Occasional Planet and, and trying to radica- radicalize The Occasional Planet uh, to mixed results. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, like, I'm starting a blog. Um, I haven't found a creative title for it yet. I'm thinking just my name, Adam Michael Levin. Um, and I'm working on Dome Talk. Yeah. And I have a novel which should come out roughly around the time that we run out of fossil fuels, so that should be fun. Perfect. What's your novel about? Um... Oh, jeez, fuck. Uh, so there's kind of three main um, uh, narratives in it. Uh, and one kind of concerns uh, this kind of magical realist interpretation of the Spanish Civil War. Interesting. And that one has become kind of uh, the main one that I've kind of focused on, with the other two becoming kind of adjuncts to that. Yeah. Um, and how it, basically in a, a, a section of Africa controlled by Spain at the time, uh, and how it unfolds between the PSOE, the, or, uh, the Social Democrats, and the anarchists, uh, and eventually the, the Army of Africa, which was controlled by Franco and the fascists. Huh. How they uh, interact in some very odd and magical ways. So that's wow. that's yeah. what I'm working on. Yeah. We should, uh, I'd love to have something in like Red Wedge about it yeah oh i'd love to yeah yeah and we're always taking submissions too so yeah yeah 
but that yeah i love i love magic realism so that sounds mm-hmm. awesome. and, and working in like the political like fiction too i think yeah. it's really so like another I, I started this before i read it but a good analog here might be mieville's the last days of new paris okay um which uh i see alex giving a thumbs up over there uh and i think turtle's a pretty big fan of as well was uh, that the the surrealist bomb yeah one? okay yeah, yeah. right so that one is where during world war ii a, a a sort of magical bomb uh lets loose a bunch of surrealist images and paintings throughout paris and it becomes its own little ecosystem uh, it sounds over the top, but China Miebel really manages it. It's yeah. a wonderful novel. So. Yeah, that's a, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm working on. I'm trying to, you know, build up my um, pro- portfolio as a writer. I'm gonna. I'm starting to write for more left-wing Jewish organizations. Which oh, cool. has always been my uh, shtick is the secular Jewish left. Um, and there's Dome Talk, uh, yeah. which is less serious, but we are starting to get... Um, people on there. We're starting to get uh, experts in actual politics. Yeah. To, to get on it, as well as bullshit about domes. And, yeah. And, Are you on? So you're on SoundCloud. We're on you? SoundCloud. We're starting a Twitter. Uh, we're starting a Facebook, um, and soon we're gonna work our way through the Apple system and see. Yeah. You want iTunes? It? It's actually a lot easier than it seems. Really? Because the I I was having a lot of trouble with it, but. You're already on SoundCloud, and you just set up like an RSS feed through your SoundCloud oh, and set up the account. So it's like when I upload this episode to SoundCloud, it goes instantly to, to iTunes. Oh, okay. With the description that I wrote on SoundCloud is the description on iTunes. And how does it? Do they take like a percentage? Or? No, I, I mean it's not for sale. It's free. So uh, iTunes. Uh, the po- the podcast is like free on iTunes oh, to download. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So I don't honestly know like how they make money. Like, I know how other podcasts make money because they, like, advertise. Right, yeah. But I'm uh, not sure... Com is a very... Yeah. They're always talking about yeah, Stamps.com. Stamps.com. Uh, uh, MailChimp. MailChimp. Blue Apron. Yeah. 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 I, I, I like how these companies that are not giving us money are getting free plugs right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, uh, sponsor Dumpster Pizza Party. Please do. Email me at dumpsterpizzapress at gmail.com. Uh, I'm willing to sell out. Uh, we had a party. I, I'll, ad, I'll advertise your underwear. I'll advertise. I'll advertise anything for money. Um, yeah, uh, we've turned our backs <laughs> on socialism. See, uh, that's the thing. I feel like I can like still. I don't know. Like, that's not selling out. Like, no advertise. Like, I don't know. It's part of me would hate it, but like. Part of me thinks there's like really funny like Brechtian ways to do it, too. Like, have you listened to Hannibal Burris? You know Hannibal yeah, Burris. Have yeah. you listened to his podcast at all? No, I didn't know he had one. Yeah, he's got one called The Handsome Rambler. That's like him. Like he interviews like comedians and musicians and stuff. But he's got like a beat machine and a theremin and like an auto and an auto tune <laughs> microphone. With the, yeah, okay, yeah, and he's yeah. he'll just like interrupt his like interviewers like working the theremin and then like he'll do these advertisements. That are just so ridiculous of just him on auto tune, just like screaming the name of the company <laughs> over and over again. He was so fucking good on Eric Andre. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant. Oh, yeah, is that subversive? Is Eric Andre subversive? Oh yeah, yeah. I was talking to, to Alex about this. Like we we think Eric Andre is like a mad genius. I, yeah, like, definitely. Just his way of like working in just like stream of consciousness surrealism and just like nihilism too is just like especially I, I feel like he got a lot more political lately because he's dating rosario dawson i did not know and that. yeah yeah and you know she's very like left wing yeah uh, as in a lot for um trying to get health care bernie supporter she uh um, she was at um the people summit ashton and i went oh really in 2015 I cool think. but that was um so that was uh they had this thing called uh voices of the people's history which was this performance of various speeches that are cited in Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. Oh, uh, okay. And she did one from a lady union organizer. It wasn't Emma Goldman, but it was somebody kind of of that. Was it like Lucy Parsons? It might, I think it might have okay. been Lucy Parsons, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Lucy Parsons is such a badass. Yeah, um, but her, her delivery of it was, was excellent. That's awesome. Uh, it was a great speech, and, and she nailed it. So yeah. Right, go ahead. Well, I, even with Eric Andre, like, some of his, like, early stuff on the Eric Andre show, there's definitely, like, 
some transphobia in it. You think? Uh, well, just like he'll like he'll throw around the T slur and like because it's his whole humor of like making people uncomfortable right, yeah. too. Don't but they keep he's those people in like that inter- those interview for like hours. I yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like they do like weird shit too. Like they like turn up the heat really loud or <laughs> like like or really heat loud. They turn up the heat really high or they they make them super uncomfortable before they bring them out. Mm-hmm. So they're just already like really agitated. Like he tried to convince Tyler, like Tyler Crater, like I don't even know what drugs he does, but he tried to convince him to do acid before doing it. He's like, no, like I'm not. But like he used to, he used to use that. So but he's he's gotten a lot better, like on Instagram, like with this whole like controversy with Trump, like doing the dog whistle against trans people, essentially. What That's was all, the dog whistle? It seemed like it the, was mi- just... the well, the military ban was okay. more than, in my opinion, was more of a mil- more than a military ban. It was a dog whistle to fascists. Like I don't like trans people either. Like, go get them. It's sure. essentially how I took it. I mean, it's, um, it's, for me, like, Dog Whistle seems to imply that, like, he's not actually coming out and saying it. No, he was, but it was, like, it was, liberals just took it as just the military and, like, but trans people are great at being in the military. And it's, like, no, like, he doesn't want trans people to exist at all mm-hmm. is the point of it. He's Versus just bringing, how we don't yeah. want the military to exist at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but... Like, with Eric Andre, like, he's been posting a lot, like, in support of trans people lately. So I feel like his, like, politics are getting better. Mm-hmm. And uh, him and the RNC and the DNC was fucking amazing. I did see him confront Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm, uh, get this guy from The Daily Show. Like, I'm not on The Daily <laughs> Show. The Daily Show. He, yeah, he's, he's like, I'm not on The Daily Show. I'm on MySpace. And then he's like, <laughs> oh, well, get, get this Democrat up here. He's like, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a nihilist. <laughs> Like, fucking brilliant. And then at the end, when he's away, he's just like, man, Coachella sucked this year. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I, so I didn't know that he leaned left. I, I think when I saw that, I just kind of assumed that he was... Uh, it's funny to undermine garbage right-wing beliefs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I didn't know that he leaned yeah, left. That's I, great. That's yeah, great. I, I don't know his, like, personal politics at all, but I do know, like, just... Uh, uh, he, I don't know. He, he even like recently uh, was like call, like he's like call, called out like sexism and stuff. Because you do you know that like the rapper uh, Kodak Black no. or Extension, where these two rappers are like, kind of underground, but they're getting big. One is Kodak Black is like a known rapist. Jesus. Like he, yeah, and it's like this big like court case that's still going on, but people are like still playing his music and like defending him and stuff. And then Extension. Uh, is like a SoundCloud rapper who like beat up his pregnant girlfriend. Oh my god! And like, and but Eric Andre has like called it out. Like, why are people still giving these people like airplay? Like, yeah. stop. And of course, like, yeah. And it's like, you don't you don't see a lot of people like stand up to that, which is good, you know. Yeah, it 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 appears in the media, but we don't see uh, enough figures. I think from yeah. from the left. I mean, against it. and that's the thing. That's the thing with like art and culture in general especially popular culture like how many fucking like directors are like or actors or musicians are just like terrible abusive people and we know they're terribly abusive but because people like their movies or music it's just completely turn a blind yeah, eye yeah, and also like there's there's also like racial issues of the problem where like if people do call that out it's like, yeah, you're willing to call out Chris Brown, but you're not willing to talk about like Bill Murray. Right. Also, you know, like I didn't know Bill Murray. Was yeah, there, there's a. It was in like his uh, divorce filings or something that it like his like had. Uh, there, there was some like spousal abuse and stuff. Like, I don't know. It's. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. So what? What is your kind of position on, kind of like enjoying the stuff that those people put out? Does it taint it for you? Personally, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I might be problematic to say it doesn't do... Like, I don't know. It's... The world is fucked up. Um, it's it's hard to definitely look at... It's hard to, like, look at their work the same way. Yes. I won't say that I don't, like, enjoy uh, the medium from that. And, like, sometimes I get mad, like, because it's like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, like, this music is good. like Or this, this movie is good. But at the same, same time, it's... I don't know. It's not, like... I don't know. It'd be one thing if these people like came out and were like, "Yes, I'm addressing this problem. I'm going to therapy for it." Like, I'm way more more willing to like 
be interested in someone who has like a it seems to have shown remorse yes and, yeah and, and that is actually getting like help for their abusive behavior because a lot of this like mental illness is not an excuse by any means no but like a lot of like it's an substance abuse is a problem like mental issues are a problem that are not dealt with and uh yeah and it's like I'm, be- I'm beginning to think that capitalism does not adequately address mental health issues. You're beginning I'm to beginning think that? I'm beginning to think that, yeah. <laughs> As, like, a mentally ill person, I've, like, no... <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, like, I know. I was, I was uh, joking. Like, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've known that oh, for yeah. fucking years. Yeah. One of the things, even, like, at Worcester, for instance, in the top echelons, which had a lot of people from poorer backgrounds, but was, was overall a pretty, you know, elite-tier, wealthy place. Yeah. They had three counselors for 2,000 people. Wow. students, yeah. Wow. Uh, so, like, even, even things like that, that's the most, that's the worst example that I can think of, just just uh, in that kind of academic space. I know that, um, like, when I really needed that sort of thing, even when it wasn't an emergency, but I very much needed to talk to a professional, um, they were not uh, available. They'd say, you know, we'll get you in in three weeks. And so, yeah, and three, that felt yeah. like a microcosm yeah. of capitalism to yeah. me. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, going back to, I don't know, it's hard to, there's actually, do you know Saul Williams? Saul Williams. He's a uh, poet, uh, slam poet, musician. Okay, so was he kind of one of the early lights of, like, rap and proto-rap sort of thing? No, he, I mean, he was later, he, he got big because of, like, uh, he was really big in, like, the slam poetry scene in New York, okay. but then he did, like, Deaf Poetry Jam, which was, like, most Deaf's show that he hosted, and he actually, uh has an uh one of his albums was produced by trent reznor really yeah that's yeah. awesome that's a, and, that's a cool um, mashup there. yeah yeah well he he mentioned a a professor who like a, a music professor who talked about i think it was talk, i think it was like john coltrane mm-hmm. and talked about like his uh like abusiveness and once she knew about this like she couldn't hear hear like the screech of his trumpet without hearing like the screech of the women. It was Miles Davis. Okay. Yeah. So it was Miles Davis, and uh, yeah, couldn't hear like the screech of the trumpet without hearing like the screech of like his yeah. victims. And I think and that's a really like, good like analogy. Right. He is unquestionably one of the jazz greats, but like, how yeah. can you look at him like that? Yeah. You know? But like, artists have to be held accountable. Yeah. Is, they, yeah. They, you, you shouldn't get a free pass because of your art. No. And that, that's a big, big problem today, especially where it's like, oh, I'm an artist, I can get away with anything, and that's that's really fucked up. Yeah. And it, same with athletes, with the exception of kneeling during the pledge. It's yeah. one thing you can't get away <laughs> yeah, with. Right. You can yeah. like. In the first, like, you can do uh, dog fighting. You can be a rapist. You can yeah, you can like kill people. But yeah, if you. If you disrespect the Pledge of Allegiance, you are completely blackballed from the NFL. NFL is totally apolitical, guys. Yeah. It's like, that's bullshit. Um, didn't the first white player, like, yeah. join? Yeah. 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 Cool. yeah. I'm sure there's, there's a history expo- to explore there of, like, radical athletes. Um, yeah. It, it instantly made me think of the um, the Olympic, like, the, the raising the of the power. fist. Yeah. yeah. Like, when, when he started that. The person to read about the, Who is? Dave Zyron. Dave Zirin, folks, is a good person to read. He about actually, he, he led basically a press conference a few days ago of white athletes and black athletes who were taking a knee in solidarity with Cap. Yeah. Um, and he's also a lifelong Marxist, as it turns out. He's written several books on, including a people's history of sports. That's awesome. Really interesting. Excellent. Excellent book. That's always cool to see the way, because I'm not super into sports, but I am into the way that sports intersects with politics. That yeah. can be really interesting. Yeah, because I don't, I don't even like football, but when I heard that he was, like, talking to the Seahawks, like, I was like, oh, I want this to happen. <laughs> Seattle being, like, the first, yeah, the first city to elect a socialist in over 100 oh, years. One, one thing, and then get, that would have been awesome, but it didn't, didn't happen. One thing I wanted to mention earlier when, when you mentioned uh, Shama Sawant in, in Seattle is uh, we were mentioning the Democrats. That $15 an hour, both in Minnesota and in Seattle, or Minneapolis and Seattle, was... Uh, it failed in Minneapolis. It uh-huh. passed in Seattle, but both were over the objections of Democrats. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah. And I don't. I don't want to say. I don't want to give like this blanket. Like everyone in, who's a Democrat is a shitty person. Like that's not fair. But like, if its progressive wing doesn't come out very strong, it it risks 
just becoming a completely reactionary party. Yeah. And, um, like, like I, I think that there are still good souls who vote Democrat. I, I don't want to criticize anyone who voted for Hillary Clinton, even though I myself did not. Um, but, but they, they, since Trump even, they, they seem to have moved right. Like, their recent yeah, mailings, yeah. their recent mailings have been saying, like, uh, Trump hasn't built the wall yet. What's up with that? And yeah. I don't know if they're trying to say that he's incompetent or he should build the wall, but either fucking way. Either fucking but, way. Yeah. It's awful. Right. And it's, it's like, obviously, like, a centrist candidate was not going to win that election. No. And, and so for them to go farther to the center or farther to the right in this case, like, that's... They... They don't know what they're doing, and that's why they can't win. And that's like, yeah, if it, it, like they're they're ostensibly the ones who are the smart, pragmatic realists, but they're so bad at their job. Yeah, like they had portrayed themselves for so many years as the gatekeepers. You know, elect us so that the fascists don't get in charge. Yeah, uh, and they utterly failed in that role. They, yeah, they convinced so few people to vote for them. And, yeah, yeah, I I'm like you know like. I would be slightly happier if Clinton were president instead of Trump, but that doesn't change the fact that the Democratic Party seems to be sliding towards reaction. Yeah. It's leadership. Obviously the base. There are people in the base that do want a you know, social democratic you know, Sanders-style party, but I don't know if it's possible to, to uh, you know, take over that institution. I really I don't. don't. I don't. The, my personal opinion is that it's is not. Is that it's not. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, that we need, a, like, a mass working class party. Yeah. We, it, we certainly need a broad front. Yeah. Um, yeah. Left unity for sure. Hopefully. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because it's like the, unite, the, the right is uniting, so. Yeah. Uh, unite the right. Yeah. The, the name of the fucking Yeah. The Nazi rally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's weird that they found, like... They, they've come over their issues with each other and unified in, in racism. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing that ties them all together, you know, economic protectionism and the libertarians and the Christian right, the nationalists. Yeah. They all have bumping points, but they're all, they're all down with racism. Well, and, they, and it's, they've been around forever, but even, like, even just a few years ago with the Ferguson stuff, I remember watching videos of, like, there was one leader of the Klan and then there was another YouTube video of, like, him... Uh, a different clan group denouncing that guy as like a secret Jew and like <laughs> and at least like I miss so I miss a the Jewish right person I find that hilarious yeah I miss the right like I, I wish we need more infighting we need more unity on the left and more infighting on the right we need to start yes. a Twitter campaign where we use triple parentheses for everyone and so uh, they don't know who's a Jew and who's not like, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I don't feel particularly you know threatened yet as a Jewish person, uh-huh. um, but uh, if if there is a time to unite against fascism, it is now. Yeah, because who Killer Mike has this thing about like who who would be the N words tomorrow if you got uh-huh. black people? Who would they come for next? Yeah, because they will. You know, they'll come for women. They'll come for Jews. And yeah, they'll go. They'll go down the list until. Yeah, there's a really funny tweet. One of them like got injured in the Charleston thing, and, and he was tweeting about how. Uh, like he might have permanent eye damage, and so someone tweeted back at it like, "That doesn't go look for you. That's not a good look for you, bro. Like, your your uh, your friends don't really like disabled people, as you know." So. Oh man, oh Jesus. Yeah, we we talked a little bit about about that that on Dome Talk, um, but one of the kind of issues we joke about, but we are kind of interested in, is the way. Uh, in which imperialism works globally, uh-huh. and and trying to yeah, I apologize if I'm going off on it. No, this is this right is now. fine. Um, but uh, kind of so we're we're not big fans of tankies of of Stalinists. Um, yeah, in, who is other than other Stalinists? What? Who is other than other Stalinists? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but like we're very much um, we're, we're trying to formulate kind of bring back this idea of the third camp of being against Western imperialism uh, and also against uh, third world dictatorships like that of Assad. Okay. Closer to second world, really, for Assad. But um, there is a segment of the left that will say, um, you know, that Assad is like a revolutionary Uh anti-imperialist or that, uh, you know, like Mobutu or uh, Robert Mugabe was. And, like, we want to kind of counter that idea. And... Yeah. Without 
going on the other side and saying we need Western imperialism to liberate these people. Yes, yeah. garbage as well. Yes. Um, the the my my kind of academic background is in world systems theory and international relations. And the biggest question for Marxism for me is, is how can we change the world system as a whole? Yeah. Um, and I don't. I haven't heard a, a great response to that. Uh, I'd love to see this kind of uprising of, of the third world people against capitalism. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's basically what I'm saying is that there's that this the world system is this immense tremendous thing. It's it's all of existence essentially, uh, except aliens. But um, the ways in which we try to change that need to be global as well. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure what that means yet. I don't know how to formulate bonds with workers across countries. Yeah. You know, you look at the period of you know 1880 to the up to the First World War. There's this immense internationalist kind of sentiment amongst the different European working classes. Yeah, I'd like to have something like that today, but I haven't um, found a vehicle with which to do so. And that's yeah. one of the issues that, however jokingly, we do talk a lot about. On Interesting. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, like, the, these internationalist parties, like, for instance, uh, Committee for Workers International, uh-huh. uh, that SA is a part of, which I agree with on, on just about all of its policies, is not itself a mass movement of the world proletariat. Yeah. And, like, how do we make that? Because that is the, the defining issue of our time is, is capitalism and ecological collapse due to capitalism. But the defining characteristic of how to solve that is how can we unite people across national borders. Yeah. Fuck, that was long. I'm sorry. No, that was good. I yeah. feel like that was a good way to like, but yeah, close so go out. Ahead and, too, and, so. uh, and, and message Dome Talk if you guys know how to you know create a world socialist party that we can use. Yeah, where, where, can, they, where can people reach you at? Ah, fuck. Um, <laughs> we have you, got a, a, you got an email or anything? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, send, I'll, give, you, I'll give you all my personal email um, because we haven't really set up like a Dome Talk email yet. Oh, okay. I do apologize for that. Oh, that's fine. Um, but, if, but just have people look up uh, Dome Talk. Dome, SoundCloud Dome Talk. And if okay. you're interested in... Uh, coming on as a guest, we're, we're taking just about anybody. Um, or, you know, you have any issues that you'd like us to talk about, um, my email is adammlevin at yahoo.com. That's adammlevin at yahoo.com. So feel free to send me email, uh, hate mail from, from the tankies. Yeah. And, yeah. Or from the liberals or from the anarchists. Yeah. I, feel like. <laughs> exactly. I feel like we probably pissed off a lot of people. Yeah. But, like, I, I'm still at a But point. also, like, this is, the, this is the fourth podcast, so who's, who's out there listening? Right. Really? Yeah. No, I mean, but you're. You and I's combined circulation is roughly 150 million people. So, like, you think that? Yeah, that yeah. Much? You and I, but together between Dome Talk and Pizza Party, 150 million people have listened to it, and so it's only a matter of time. How do you? Where are you getting these I numbers? Just fucking with you. Oh, because <laughs> um, I was like, I'm pretty sure I have 12 plays on. Yeah, SoundCloud. no, no, no. Dome Talk, like our best episode, has like 100 plays, which is like one reason we're we're hoping to get one reason. So you're not going to get this Blue Apron sponsorship no, anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> I'm hoping to get a Denny's sponsorship. Oh, that'd be great. I recorded my last episode at Denny's. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, you should do so, it every time. <laughs> every time. Because I was going to do all like local restaurants, like diners. Like I want to do Uncle Bill's. We did, on the first episode, the Red, uh, interviewed the Red Wedge editors about issue three. And we did it at uh, Milk Toast. Oh, yeah. That's but, a good place. Yeah, but that, the best breakfast I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it was really good, but yeah. Um, so the dumpster Denny's pizza party. Yeah, yeah. Just put it in the title. Just yeah. They might censor us though. I feel like they don't want the because they they don't. Well, it, never mind. I don't want to bring it up because I talked about this in the last episode. But like, I'm gonna bring it up anyways. Sure. Uh, no, it's got it out. Tar- Tarantino in both uh, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction wanted the coffee. Sh- coffee shop scenes like restaurant scenes to be in Denny's really? and like Denny's wouldn't let him <laughs> oh, damn. but like because he goes there all the time to write and it's just like the perfect location but they're like no we can't have our franchise associated with this like ultra violent R-rated yeah. movie so is like Big Kahuna Burger is that like a metaphor no, that's, for Denny's no I think that's a separate like fast that's like a fast food chain okay. but like the diners are sitting up, like when they stick up the coffee shop and they're like you want to stick up a coffee shop like the booths and everything like yeah, yeah. that's modeled to look like a Denny's and then in uh, Reservoir Dogs where Steve Buscemi doesn't want to tip he doesn't tip and yeah. it's going on his like it moral tirade like yeah it's supposed to be a Denny's that's like it's awesome. supposed to be just like a very generic Americana chain diner mm-hmm. which I think is great like yeah alright 
Well, that's it for Dumpster Pizza Party. We'll uh, talk to you next time. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And, uh, yeah, keep it keep it DIY. Make sure to check out uh, Dome Talk. And yes, and check out Dome Talk. <laughs> Craig, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. listening to the dumpster pizza party podcast today's podcast is brought to you by the help of red wedge magazine and dumpster pizza press subscribe to the podcast on itunes and soundcloud and if you'd like to support the podcast donate to our patreon at patreon.com slash dumpster pizza press Today's music is provided by St. Guillotine and the Red Mass. Follow them on Tumblr at stguillotineandtheredmass.tumblr.com. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful and magical day.